the coaching by both Coach Griffin and Dylan in youth football, but that had just ended. It was Dylan's season had just ended, and when Griffin passed away, um, and so then, I, as I said, my mom she had um, prior to Griffin passing away though uh, on it was a Mother's Day actually the day after Mother's Day that very year she found out she had stage four uterine cancer. And um, so she survived an, an, uh, just a lethal um, surgery where they removed a lot. Um, and so she somehow survived that only to eight months later pass away. Um, and so there was kind of a rough time there where for me, it felt like everybody was going, nobody was coming. Yeah. And um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I that led me to a, a serious, serious bout of depression to the point where um, in August of 2015, I actually shot myself and in the head underneath the chin and um, with the intention of not being here. Uh, and so. As I look back now, um, everything I didn't have to live for, I now have to live for. And so um, it was just a period of time where it, life was tough. And it was once you get down, what my experience is, once I got down that low, um, it didn't feel like it was ever going to end and uh, unless I ended it. Everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. You're listening to the Ballroom Network. The following program is intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, Vinny Parisi, and Chris Gonzalez. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Kaminsky dog with an ice cold beer and meet us at section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your 2021 South Burbs Hitmen. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can hit on the boy. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks, Uribe charges, throws, out, and the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei! Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley, and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play 
Rage starts now. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to South Burbs Hitmen. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined by my White Sox brothers in arms. I'm talking about Vinny Parisi, Steven Zim Zimmerman, and our buddy Chris Gonzalez can't make it tonight, so it's just going to be the three of us. We are the AL Central 2021 champions, boys. Work's not done yet, though. We got a lot left to do. The playoffs are coming. Uh, we like to call it Playoff Palooza on the show tonight. We're going to talk through some playoff scenarios later in the show and just get everyone excited for you know the blackouts coming to uh, 35th and Shields. So before, for, without further ado, let's talk to the rest of our panel here. Uh, we'll start with you, Vinny. Vinny, how are you doing today, brother? Doing great. You know, it was a crazy game today. A little annoying. We'll get into all that later. I'm very happy to be here with you guys. I'm excited that they are the 2021 American League Central champions. There's no more, hey, let's root for the Cleveland Indians to lose and the Chicago White Sox to win. Now it's about getting everyone ready, shaping up the bullpen, making sure the catchers are feeling good, the starting rotations align. We got a big Carlos Rodon start coming up later this week to determine some things. Dallas Keuchel had two okay starts in a row now. So there's just a lot to look forward to. I'm excited to see how Tony LaRusa manages this thing for the last, I believe there's five games left. Five games left. That is correct. It's crazy when you say it that way. Bring on the playoffs, baby. Uh, Zim, how you doing down there in the Batcave? It's great. Just had to look up some last-minute stats for uh, for the show tonight. We'll get into that later, but... <laughs> You know, I'm just kind of kind of on cruise control. Like it feels like the Sox are right now. I'm more just looking forward to next week, uh, getting to the playoffs. You know, I'm I'm excited to see if maybe they can make a run for the two seed. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's not really as important as if the one seed was within sight. So right now, it feels like just stay healthy and get to next Thursday. Yeah, the home field would be nice, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Uh, we believe we trail uh, Houston by two games with five left to play. Um, I don't know who has the tiebreaker. Vinny, do you know who has the tiebreaker? The Astros have the tiebreaker. Houston does, yes. All right, so, yeah, we would need to have a better record. We had to, have to finish with a better record. So yep, uh, stay up. tuned. But we have a much better schedule than they do. Uh they play Tampa Bay, three against Tampa, and three against Oakland, I think, to finish the season, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so that could make things interesting. Uh, we, of course, get Cincinnati and then Detroit again. So go back to the cell or the cell. Go back to the rate and support your boys for the last five games of the season. I know Vinny's going to be there at least twice out of five. <laughs> I sure am. Maybe maybe three. We're working on a third. But maybe three. Wednesday and Sunday. We'll see, yeah, Vince Tassoni in the sh- in the chat says big Tampa Bay and Oakland fans this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, go go uh, Rays and and A's until we go ahead and plays you. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, the good it thing was a lot is better in my head. The good thing is Oakland's fighting for something more than Houston. They're fighting for their yes. playoff lives. Like they have a chance, and they're you know, basically, I think if you want the White Sox to win the second seed 
the fans at home should be paying close attention to this Mariners A's series that's about to begin at 9, 10 central time. I know I'll be all in on that. Probably should be rooting for Oakland because you want them to be playing for something when they play the Astros. So if, you know, the A's sweep the Mariners out of town and then they got the Astros trailing the Yankees or Red Sox by one game, they're going to play the Astros really hard. They're going to throw their best at them. So go A's. Moneyball. Moneyball. Let's do it. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, it's been it's been a heck of a week for White Sox fans. Everyone's excited. Uh, I know Zim's excited. We're all excited. Uh, and look at he's already he's already ready for the blackout. I mean, just look at his setup. I mean, absolutely. I'm just gonna take a cardboard cutout of you right now and bring it to the game and just hold it up. Like that would have been great last year. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, you, you know, hopefully we don't need it. Let's just put it that way. But. Um, Playoff tickets go on sale to the general public. That's right, everyone. Uh, They go on sale to the public here on Wednesday. Here's a little screenshot I took off of Facebook. Wednesday at 2 p.m., a limited amount of playoff tickets will go on sale to the general public. Vinny's got a jersey he's holding up for the blackout. I think that's why he's holding it up. I love wearing the pinstripe jersey. It's my favorite. And I wear my pinstripe jerseys quite frequently, but I have this bad boy Yoan Moncada jersey ready to go for the blackout. The White Sox have all but confirmed that they are doing a blackout for the postseason. So make sure you get yeah. the black gear ready because we are going to tear that place down in the postseason. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be electric. We're gonna be back in black, as ACDC likes to say. Uh, I cannot wait personally. You know, I got. Boom. I, I already got some sets of playoff tickets as a season ticket holder. That's what I was going to say, too, is season ticket holders, partial season ticket holders and full season ticket holders already had access to their seats. So I've got two seats downstairs and I got four seats upstairs. I'm ready for uh, at least for the ALD, ALDS. And then as part of my season ticket package, I have uh, one ALCS and one World Series game. I'm hoping that's a good problem to have, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to count my eggs before they're hatched or my chickens before they're hatched, whatever, you, you, you know, the saying, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just twisting my words all over the place, but, um, I don't know before, before we get to the rest of the show, Zim, how are you feeling about the playoffs right now? Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a little nervous about Houston in particular, just cause it feels like they have had our number this season. They um they're the one playoff team that it seems like we've kind of struggled with out of the group that it looks like is going to make it in the American League. So it's a little concerning, but at the same time, the Sox win at home. So this number two seed could be a really, really big deal. Like I said, I'm kind of thinking it's not just I think that's more just to tell myself that it's not sure. Well, look I, at Andy's I, comment below. I mean, we would need to go four and one, and Houston would need to go one and five here. On yeah, out. but it's it's you not know? impossible. Look, look at what happened with the Cardinals already this month. You know, the Cardinals yeah, had a two point in a row, right? They had a two point eight percent chance to make the postseason on September first. They are now all but guaranteed a spot in the playoffs after a sixteen game winning streak. Yes, like yeah crazy things happen in September. I don't know why everybody gets excited for October. September is where a lot of this magic happens. I get that October is the playoffs, but in September, everybody still has a chance. You got to get hot at the right time. That's what it's all about. And as, 
Vincent says below, Vinny, he says, uh, is it me or does it feel like if we pass Houston, we can beat anybody? You know, I feel the same way. I think that's what October is all about is that, you know, any team can do anything. I mean, look at St. Louis. They're smoking hot right now. They could go on a run and they could win the NL. I mean, it, honestly, they could. Uh, they could have Zim, a Rockies-type run. They could have a Rockies-type run where they peel off 27 out of 28 and then get swept in the World Series. You know, anything can happen. No, I shake my head like that because remember what happened to all of us Bears fans in 2018 where it's like, if we can beat the Eagles, we can win the whole damn thing. Well, we didn't beat the Eagles, so it didn't matter, right? right. So that's why I don't look past anything. I don't care if it feels like if we beat Houston, we can beat anyone. I get it. It's it's a great mentality to have, but I'm not worried about beating anyone. I'm worried about beating Houston. Just gotta just gotta focus on one opponent at a time. I I, I agree a hundred percent. And we've shown that we can beat Houston. We've shown that when these guys are guns ablazing, they could beat anybody. And for that reason, that's why Dallas Keuchel doesn't make my playoff roster. That's a whole nother conversation. I know we've talked about it already. Uh, he's looked better his last two starts. Um, he actually made my yeah. spoiler alert. He made my uh, put it on the board players of the week because he's somewhat decent this week, enough to warrant <laughs> a position there. Um, you know, Vinny, what are you feeling about Dallas Keiko? Because he looks like he's kind of getting his stuff together in time for the playoffs. But uh, is it enough for you? It's not enough for me to have him in the rotation. If Carlos Rodon is not healthy, I would use Michael Kopech. That's just my preference. It's what I believe is right. He, Michael With Kopech the pen, has been you, so totally. good. He's been so good lately. I mean, his stuff is borderline unhittable. And I understand wanting to use him in an Andrew Miller-like long relief role. Cleveland did that in 2016, and they were awesome. If they had a lead going into the sixth or seventh inning, the game was over. And – it was just so fun to watch back then. And I believe Michael Kopech can be that, but he, if the White Sox aren't afforded the opportunity to do that, that's fine. And don't forget, you can reset your playoff rosters each round. So if Rodon can't go against the Astros and the White Sox magically win, then you face the Rays or the Red Sox, whoever wins that series, then Rodon could be activated again. It's not like it's set for the Speaking entire playoffs. So with Dallas, if they have him make it, I think it's totally fair to have him in the rotation or in the bullpen based on how he's pitched the last couple of days. I also know he knows those Houston hitters better than most people. Yeah. And, and you mentioned Rodon. I want to go back to that for just one second. You know, how do you feel about him getting a start this week? Do you think, do you think that's a smart move just to kind of see where he's at? Yeah, because it sounds like he's borderline unhealthy right now. And so I've I've heard whispers of a dead arm. I don't know. Yeah. And if they can't figure that out, you're not going to try in a playoff game, even as a number four, if he can't go for the playoffs, you have to find out ahead of the playoffs. And so it sounds to me, it almost sounds to me like they're preparing for the worst because they already announced that Dylan Cease isn't starting until next Sunday. And I do think that has a little bit to do with him taking one off the leg or whatever he took it off he got hit by a ball on a comebacker. Yeah. And it could be just to make sure he's fine from that. But it also kind of tells me like, okay, he's pitching the last regular season game that they're probably going to use him as a three or a four. It kind of spells bad news for Rodon, I think. 
but I hope I'm wrong and he comes out and shoves and looks really good and feels really good and is ready to go. Even if he only goes two or three innings as more of an opener in a playoff game and then you go to Kopech, that would be fine with me. Reynaldo Lopez has shown he can be that kind of guy. So I don't know. I hope I hope Dallas, if he does make the roster, they figure out the proper way to use him. Because Gilito, Lynn, and Cease, give me them in that order any day of the week. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm 100% on board with that, and uh, I just I'm I'm I feel bad for Rodon. Hopefully, he's at least able to do something in some capacity in the playoffs. We'll see, but uh, nonetheless, best wishes to Carlos. And uh, without further ado, gents, uh, why don't we dive headfirst into the rest of the show, and uh, we're going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, uh, ET phone home. Tony La Russa. Yeah, so we usually either, you know, criticize, praise, or all of the above in this segment. And Vinny Zim is like tapping his mute on and off. It's very distracting. But um, we'll, we'll, I'll throw it to Zim first because I, because I don't know. It caught my eye. But I sure. wanted to talk a bit about, you know what? Actually, I'm going to toss it to Vinny first. I lied. So you can mute again, Zim. It's fine. No, I'm just playing. Um, but I am going to toss it to Vinny. Uh, I got to talk a little bit about Wright entering the game today. Um, this is a criticism from all of us. This should be a game where you didn't have to use any of your veteran bullpen guys. You could rest some arms, get ready to have a nice run here to finish the season. And right blows up. Garrett Crochet comes in, gives up two runs on top of it. It was a disaster. They still won the game, but you had to use more arms than you expected. You know, what the heck is going on in Tony's mind, Finney? I get the sentiment to start. You're up eight to two. It's the eighth inning. If Mike Wright Jr. goes one, two, three, like he has shown, he kind of has been able to a little bit. Then you look like a genius. You go to the ninth. You let either Crochet or whoever close out the ninth. You look like a genius. Okay. My issue was when it was apparent. Miguel Cabrera connected on one and hit a double. Okay. Miggy's done that 3,000 or 2,986 times. He's 14 away from hitting 3,000. No shame there. Okay. Now batter number two. Mike Wright Jr. can't throw a strike. And it was apparent from that point on. I don't get how from that point on they just didn't go to Garrett Crochet. And I understand, like I said, having Mike Wright in, he goes one, two, you know, Miguel Cabrera is very slow. It's not like he's a threat to score on a single, whatever. Once it really truly started to unravel and he started beaning guys and the bases are now loaded and the tying run is in the on deck circle. That's a problem. Okay. You don't need to win this game because obviously you clinched. It's looking like you're going to be the three seed, whatever. But you have a chance to win a ball game and get that much closer to Houston. Like it is literally looking directly at you in the face, the opportunity to do that. So I probably would have made the move a little sooner. The Mike Wright Jr. experiment is coming to an end. I'm happy he got an opportunity. He did okay with it. He could probably pitch for a bad team next season based on how he pitched this year. But we got to be done here. And if there's one positive spin zone out of it, Liam's work wasn't as much during the Cleveland series as maybe you would have hoped. So, you know, right. he got, he got an inning, whatever. That's fine. Um, 
it gives them an opportunity on Tuesday with a fully, you know, a, almost a full complement of pitchers. I would probably think Liam's unavailable against the Reds tomorrow. Probably. But you can use Kimbrel in the ninth inning, which they haven't done much of this season. He only has one save with the White Sox. He's been mostly um, a setup. Man. Eighth inning. Okay. Michael Kopech is available. You can go from starter to Kopech to uh, Kimbrel. I mean, that'd Kimbrough. be really cool to see. So it it kind of, in a way, allows them to see what's going on this final week of the season, too. So that's a positive spin zone out of it. You had a feeling it would be like that before the game even started. It's a makeup game in Detroit. Nobody's there. There's like a hundred people in the stands. They had to the fact that they scored eight runs, people should be throwing a parade for that because they had the energy to do that and they came out guns a blazing. Yeah. And when Ryan Burke came in to replace Dallas Keuchel, it was like, okay, it's gonna be one of these kinds of bullpen days. They have a six run lead, and then things got ugly and they needed to use Liam. So I would have taken right out sooner. Garrett Crochet is not a dirty inning pitcher for me. He's one of the best relievers on the team, but yeah. it's got to be a fresh, clean inning. He's When he comes in in extras with the runner on second, he's lost the game twice. And yeah. that's really his only blemishes on the season. Other than that, he's been freaking awesome. But it's been he's a right criticism there. the whole year. Yeah. And like and it doesn't make sense to use Michael Kopech. He could be a diet Michael Kopech. And so, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. I would have taken right out sooner. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's a criticism for sure. And, you know, Tony's not perfect, but he's certainly got a lot of experience and that's going to help us in the postseason. Uh, but but Zim, I, I, I got to toss to you. This is more of a, a fun, lighthearted aspect. But uh, you saw after we clinched the division, right? You see you see Tony's look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a look. That's for sure. It looks like he had a few too many drinks, but uh, it, it looks like Halloween's coming up and he's ready for it. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Tony channeling his inner ET phone home. Let's take a look. Look at this. <laughs> That's my least favorite movie of all time. Yeah, I don't like ET either. That's my I least favorite division champs picture of all time because of Tony LaRusso. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of love it deep down. Secretly. I like seeing him have a good time with the boys. Like hey, he looks see Tim Anderson do the pose right behind. Oh, him. what are they called? Uh Kind of looks like Emperor Palpatine too, a little bit. He does. Do it. He looks it. like the evil witch in uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz. Snow White. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, the poison apple, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a poison apple for all the other teams in baseball. How about that? Hope. Uh, so I just realized I'm covering your face, Sim. But I that's mean, okay. Who wouldn't want? Who wouldn't want evil Tony LaRusso covering their face anyway? That's that's right. That's right. I do like the uh Emperor Palpatine comparison. Oh, it's that, it's very really accurate. Good. He's he's very not good. quite pasty enough, but uh I tell you what, you you have Palpatine stand outside for an 162 game season. He'll he'll tan up a little bit. Emperor Palpatine would probably Some... be a pretty good baseball coach. I'm just going to throw you it out. That's a good point. He... All right, so this is a guaranteed take now. we're gonna have to discuss at some point he would know how to run a bullpen like what fictional character from a non-sports uniform universe would be a good mlb coach oh the emperor one million percent give me a week to think on it we can come back to it next week all right really quick i'm so happy with how good they looked in that picture and how happy they are when you win a major league baseball division you are automatically in the elite eight 
Yeah. It puts you right there. That is just <laughs> so cool. Wow. Tony. Oh, that's Alpine. disturbing how similar yeah. it is. Get that off the screen. That's that's a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening to the audio version, j- just lucky you. Count your blessings. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, come yeah. check out the YouTube feed, but you yeah. just listen. So, it's 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 a side by side of Tony Larusa and Emperor Palpatine. You could probably find it on Twitter. I can't remember who I found it from on Twitter, so I apologize for whoever put it together. But uh, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yeah. Um, it's so brilliant that I'm gonna show you one more time. Oh, that's cold. Uh, but that's all right. It's, uh, I I gotta love Tony for having some fun with the boys, like Vinny said. Uh, it, it fills my heart with joy. I just want to make sure that uh, he's he's okay for this playoff run. Yeah, Tony's got to be a little tired, I would imagine. A long I'm season. Tired. For I, I don't know. I mean, he, he feels. I'm tired. He looked pretty fired up in the ninth inning today. He didn't look too tired there. No, he sure. certainly did not. Which kind of fits what we're talking about next year, doesn't it? Yes, yes, it does. But uh, there is one more thing that we're talking about in this segment <laughs> before you know we get chugging into the rest of it all. I don't know. What do you guys want to queue it up for me, and I'll and I'll play the video, or do you want here? You know what? I'll let you guys fight over it. Who wants to take? Who wants to take the next segment? I'm going to sit back and watch. What are we talking about? The, All right, I guess we're going to hesitate, so I'm just going to... All right, so the Sox have been hit a very disproportionate number of times this year. And by hit, I mean hit by pitch. 76. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, it was uh, what was the number in today's game? 76 hit by pitches yep. to Which hitting 50 age. opponents. Yep. They've hit 50 opponents. They have been hit six, 76 times. And uh, it's, it, it seemed like Tony and Cairo... And Abreu all kind of hit their breaking points with it today. Uh, I got a that's, feeling. That's a... I got a feeling if we see it happen again in the next week, it might not end as uh, as peacefully and as quickly as it did tonight, this afternoon, I guess. Yeah. So without further ado, let's let's cue the tape. It's a ball in the dirt, and Jose peels away. Throw down to second, meets in there, and he is out. Well, he went in real hard to Goodrum, and Goodrum. Is John Adam and Jose's going right back at him. Jose is really not happy with being hit by that pitch. And now the benches are going to clear at Comerica Park. Garrett Crochet is right in the middle of that thing. The Sox and Tigers in their final game of the season in the ninth inning. Everybody's spilling out from the bullpen and meeting at second base. I'm not sure why Lang was in the middle of that, but Jose is justifiably unhappy. That's the most unhappy I've seen him. Lang decided to get in the middle of it. Wow, boys. Uh, I, I agree I, with, with Stone Pony there. I, I've never seen Obreu that fired up. Uh, no. He's got to be careful, you know, with the playoffs so close. You get, you don't want to get a suspension or anything along those lines. Uh, and I heard some rumblings that he might be getting some sort of suspension here. I don't know if that's true. Why would he be suspended? Because of the way he was manhandling the umpire? I don't know. I think I think that was actually just a really good job of the umpire of preventing a situation from escalating. And if you notice, Abreu didn't get really out of control until uh, Gavin Sheets was holding him, as opposed to the umpire. So, I, I think I think he's safe from that. If anything, I think that Lang might get suspended 
because he should have been ejected from that game simply for the fact yeah, of we've never seen Jose Abreu get that upset. That man clearly said something to him that really set him off. Um, yeah. You know, we know Jose's a competitor and we know that, that he has that drive, you know, that, that some special athletes have uh, to push him to that next level. And he keeps it on the field. So for Lang to have said something that got him that fired up, uh, I have to believe that an umpire heard it. And I have to believe that it will be reported in, you know, the incident report that comes from today's game, as, as I believe major league umpires are still required to do. Yeah, it's an interesting point. And, and I like the point that's made below by Vincent, uh, Vinny, he says, you know, they would have thrown Detroit pitcher out if it was Otani. You know, what are your what are your thoughts there? I think it's true. I I don't, and I'll tell you why. Okay. As much as much as I want to be all rambunctious and talk my shit and do what I got to do, I don't think this was on purpose. That was the first time this season that Detroit hit a break. I, I looked it up. The Guardians hit him five times. And nobody wow. said anything to them. I do think Detroit was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Absolutely. They, they hit Abreu on a 3-2 pitch after just coming back from down six runs with a chance to win it in the ninth. And Abreu, I'm not faulting Abreu. When you get hit 21 times in a season, you're going to be pissed. You're going to be angry. You're not angry at the person per se. You're angry at the situation. And he took a nice hard slide into Goodrum. And I believe Nico Goodrum is the one that said something to Abreu that got him all fired up. Now, Abreu was kind of asking for it by taking a hard slide in the second base. For those He's who trying to watching, beat a throw. Yeah. And for those who have been watching baseball for a long time, that used to be like a thing. You'd get beamed, and then you'd steal on the next pitch or take a hard slide in the second. That used to be like a thing. And it really doesn't exist much anymore because everything is so – you know, with social media and the extra cameras and trying to win baseball games first. Unwritten rules. Unwritten rules. Um, Analytics saying stuff about stealing bases and when to do it and whatnot. That also kind of goes into everyone's thoughts on everything. Retaliation is just so different these days. But Abreu just for five seconds was playing in 1982. And he did what he did and Goodrum got in his face and Abreu was as mad as you've ever seen him before. And it's going to, I don't know if it's going to happen again just because of what happened today. I would think Rick Hahn and Tony LaRussa and Ken Williams, like they all are going to be in a brave space. Hey, we need you, pal. You cannot be getting hurt because they play Detroit again next Saturday. And that's tough. So it's going to be a fire, a fiery series for sure. Yeah. And so I really just hope nobody gets hurt because if someone like a Brayu gets hurt, because they're fighting or something mm-hmm. against the 2021 Detroit Tigers who are not even really going to be a 500 team. They're not relevant. Yeah, exactly. The, this year's Tigers team is a dud, See, and you don't know. We don't like duds. You got something real quick. I just wanted to point out, we see in that video, you know, he's jawing back and forth with Goodrum. You know, you, you can see it right here. He's, he's drawing back and forth with Goodrum. And it is what it is. I think I think Jose's a little hot, but I think he was 
ready to let it go at this point. Yes. And then you see him start to push past as soon as Lang gets in between the two of them. And that's where I think, cause you see immediately, you know, crochet and I didn't catch the other two guys. They start pushing at Lang immediately. That's why I think that that dude instigated something. And again, I totally agree with you. It was absolutely 100% non-intentional. I also think it was a good pitch to try and take second base on. Cause if he was, uh, if if he was trying to take that base against a catcher that wasn't as defensively talented as I'm sorry I don't know the the Eric catcher's Hosh. name and Eric Hosh. Hosh yeah yep he is he is a good defensive catcher that's one thing I've really noticed from watching the the Tigers series this year I would love to have a defensive catcher like that on our team um, but at any rate if if he's going up against a catcher that doesn't have a cannon like that, he's safe nine out of 10 times. So sure. no doubt about it. Do you so guys have like, you ever have a family member who like, if they say one thing, I'm going to pop off on them. Yes. That's kind of like, <laughs> that's kind of like what was her coworker. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you like, nothing was predetermined that day, but it's like, if this person says one thing to me, I'm going to go mm-hmm, off yeah. on them. That's what it's it was like. like Andy here. says in the chat. When Abreu got to first base, he decided yeah. that if a single person said a word to him, he was going to pop off. Nico Goodrum said a word to him. Well, and I think I think it could have been just as simple as like, hey, man, I don't know why you're sliding so hard. I'm not the guy that hit you. Yeah. And Abreu basically just saying, well, I'm tired of this crap and I don't think I deserve this crap. And then when Lang gets in the middle of it, you know, he's the guy who just hit him. That's where the frustration. Now he has a direction for it. So, yeah, yeah. It, it does seem like wrong place, wrong time for for the whole Lions or Lions, uh, you know, De- irrelevant Detroit team. Sorry, Detroit uh, for the whole Tigers team. And um, if you look at the league's top hit players, they're all elite. They're all yeah. guys who are pitching inside. And it's Trout, it's Judge, you, it's Abreu. Yeah. yeah, Rizzo. If you let those guys, yeah. if you don't push those guys off the plate, they're gonna smash you. They're just gonna rip so, those inside pitches down exactly, the line, right? Exactly. If you guys, for those watching, and you guys too, if you haven't seen AJ Hinch's post game press conference today, I highly encourage you to watch it. He's the Detroit Tigers manager, and this guy gets it. I'll say it. This guy gets it. He said, "Abreu's been hit a lot this year. He's a great player. We know the circumstance, and it kind of makes me." hopeful that nothing bad happens next weekend because AJ Hinch has has this under control. He knows what he's doing. Now hey um, yes I mentioned I mentioned catchers in that last segment. Um you know some really strong defensive catchers. And speaking of strong defensive catchers, we do not have one of those. Why don't we talk about that more in our Adam Dud of the week? You suck you suck suck stupid lousy what a dud what a total total dud that's right zim i appreciate the introduction into the adam dud of the week we talk about guys who pooped the bed and didn't perform so well you whatever however you want to say it they just didn't do what they're supposed to do and there's a handful of nominees this week i feel like there's a lot of good players this week and there's a lot of bad there's nothing in between so, Zim, we'll start things off with you. Who are you nominating for the Adam Dud of the week? Okay, offensively, I know that I don't have much of a case against Yaz. But defensively, I certainly do. Certainly, certainly do. 
Go ahead and take a look at his defensive numbers from the past week. In addition to adding to his second in the league past balls total, he allowed 10 stolen bases in the past week. 10. Wow. He caught one. So one out of 11. That is less than a 10% caught stealing percentage. For reference, for those of you, I know it's sort of an obscure stat when it comes to the stat lines in professional baseball. Good, or I, I shouldn't even say good, average. Average is considered 33%, one out of three. Similar mm-hmm. to batting. Similar to, well, I say similar because, you know, 300 is above average for a batter, but. Right, right. 300 is considered league average for caught stealing as a catcher uh what does this come out to like 0.8 or or, uh eight percent something like that eight percent caught stealing is atrocious i don't know why that's on the screen (laughs) that is atrocious atrocious? it is it is not (laughs) good uh zach collins did not really uh help in that department he allowed three stolen bases um but had no pass balls i will say um it's just defensively uh, we're letting base runners kind of do whatever they want out there. We're letting them kind of control the game and it's, it's directly leading to losses. Um, and, and that's just a measurable fact. And I'm not going to lie. I'm shocked. You took Yasmani Grandal this week, man. Out like of all I said, the options, you know, you hate Yas so much offense. I'm tired of watching teams run rampant on us. I'm tired of seeing a guy get to first base and knowing like, Hey, he's moderately fast. He's just going to wheel around the bases. If, if anything happens, you know, there's so many pass balls this season that guys seem to be advancing at will on the base pass. Um, Yaz clearly isn't interested in throwing runners out. I've watched him throw about eight balls into center field this year. So I'm controlling base runners as part of the game. And it seems like a part of the game that the Sox have decided to just concede. And when we play teams that have high offensive production, it's coming back to bite us. It's coming back in the form of runs. And it's why we're losing games against the, the Rangers against the Astros against, you know, some, some of these teams that are good, like the Astros, some of these teams that are not so good, like the Rangers that have no business beating this white Sox team. So, yeah, I guess it's just a culmination of frustrations when I've been watching this guy. Uh, (laughs) And I know, I know there's a lot more uh, opportunity to talk about guys like Mike Wright or Andrew Vaughn, but just, I like watching defensive baseball too. It's not all about hitting the long ball and driving and runs. Sometimes it's about not letting the other team score. Totally fair, man. And I, and I respect that. I do. Uh, all right. So that's your pick. Vinny, what do you got for a, a dud of the week? Yeah, I'm actually going to go with our guy, Jose Ruiz. Now, Jose Ruiz in certain situations has been fine this season. He's not a high leverage guy. He can eat up innings. He would have been a perfect guy to have in instead of Mike Wright Jr. earlier. Today. Absolutely. That, that's the kind of time yep. you put in Jose Ruiz. He's always fine when he has a six-run lead, if he gives up a solo bomb, whatever. But he's not really walking three guys in a row like he like Mike Wright Jr. did. Like That's just not going to happen. He's got good control. He's got good enough stuff to create swings and misses. And 
So I think he has a purpose on the team. I'm not sure if he's going to make the playoff roster. I do think against Houston, they will have one less pitcher and one more bench piece. Whereas against Tampa Bay, they might opt for the extra pitcher than the extra bench piece. That's just my personal opinion on the thing. And we're assuming Tampa Bay. I, I hate when I do that, but you get what I'm saying. So Ruiz, you could be better than you were. You were put in a situation that they kind of needed you and you didn't come through. That kind of was my last straw for him in terms of, can we trust this guy? Can we not? Well, we could trust him in certain times. So I'm not going to completely dump on him, but yeah, Jose Ruiz isn't it when it comes to high leverage playoff baseball pitching scenarios. Totally, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And you know, we talked about Mike Wright already, so I'm not going to talk about Mike Wright in this segment because we all know he has had a horrible week. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, two in a, two innings, four runs, 18 ERA. I mean, speaks for itself. But I do want to talk a little bit about Andrew Vaughn, who I am concerned about heading into the playoffs, guys. You know, uh, this is a guy that we had pegged as the rookie of the year in the American League. And, you know, he's had a real rough, I don't know, say last month or so, maybe three weeks since. Well, when did he come out? Was he, he was on IL for a brief period, right? Vinny, wasn't he like out for like a week and a half or so? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he hasn't been the same player when he came back. And, you know, uh, he just did not have good at-bats this week. I mean, look at his stats. Two for 16, hitting 125 with five strikeouts. Uh, He did manage to score two runs and have two RBI in that point. But, you know, he's not hitting for contact. It just hasn't – it's been some pretty ugly at-bats. Those five Ks were pretty nasty, ugly Ks. So I'm a little concerned about Andrew Vaughn. I know, you know, he's probably going to be okay. But in the back of my head, I was like, man, we really need this guy in the playoffs. His bat's going to need to step up. And I just, I just don't know how he's going to be able to hold up under the, under the pressure as, as a rookie. Not that I, you know, not that I wish anything bad upon him. I, I really hope he breaks out of this. I, I'm just overly concerned about Andrew Vaughn. Maybe it's all in my head. Uh, are you concerned at all? Vinny or Zim about Vaughn? Because I am. I got – I'll talk you off a cliff. All right. Andrew Vaughn did not have but half of a minor league season the year he was drafted. And then COVID-19 hit. He didn't get to play in the minor leagues last season. He spent the entire year at the alternate site hitting bombs off of Reynaldo Lopez at Wintrust Stadium <laughs> in Schaumburg. So then this year he comes up. And he makes the roster on day one. Okay, that's awesome. He's playing left field. He's a first baseman because Eloy likes to hang from walls in spring training. Well, when Eloy comes back, oh, let's try Andy and right. He could play right. He even had a game at third base this season. He was fine. He's not an all-world hitter just yet, but you can see in his good at-bats that he's had this season that this guy, when he's going, he can hit baseballs to Pluto. And I think his development has been a little bit different than some of the other top White Sox prospects. You think about Moncada and Robert and Jimenez and even like someone like Nick Madrigal. Those guys got to play normal seasons and they also came to a bad team. There was no pressure when they first got here. Moncada, he sucked in his first season. He hit like 210. His OPS was under 600. He was still finding his way. 
Andrew Vaughn doesn't have that luxury. If you're not good enough on this team, you're on the bench. You know, Moncada, they let him go through it. Jimenez, get through it. You know, Jimenez had that rough April when he first came in. Then he then he caught fire yeah. and we saw the 50 bombs. Settled that he down, yeah. 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 Vaughn, I'm not sure how much he's going to play in the playoffs because Leary Garcia has just been fantastic. And he could play Again right this field. Week too. And you can yep. use Yaz as a DH if you want. You can use, I mean, Zach Collins has been sweet the last week or so. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying that, you know, Yaz will be the starting catcher and Vaughn would probably hit over Collins. But I think, I think there's plenty of development to be had with Vaughn. The reason people are going to be concerned is because of the timing of everything right now. The White Sox have a legitimate sure. chance to win the World yeah. Series. But Vaughn, Vaughn's going to be one of the team's five or six best hitters for a long time. You talk about the big six. The White Sox are like five and one when the big six are in the lineup. It's kind of sad they've only been in the lineup together that many times. Mm-hmm. But Vaughn's going to be part of the big seven one day. Like, I believe that. I think it might still be a big six by then because Abreu might not be around, but fair, you know, you know, that's, that's just, it's not to say there's anything wrong with them. It's just, you know, passage of time. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with a lot of what Vinny has said, but in addition, I, I'd like to just, you know, reiterate something that we all have to kind of remind ourselves. That's this is a 162 game season. Guys get hot, guys get cold. He's just cold right now. And that's all there is to it. Uh, he could be tired, you know, to, to further extrapolate Vinny's point of, you know, he's never played this long of a season before. You know, he had a shortened COVID season. Last season was also yeah. a shortened season. This is the first time he's ever played this many games in his life. I mean, I don't care how much you play as a kid, how much you play in high school, JUCO, college, minors, whatever. Nobody else but Major League Baseball plays 162-game season. And aside from that little 10-day IL stint, Andrew Vaughn's been there the whole way, and he's had to learn seven new positions while doing it. Sorry, six new positions while doing it. And well, for that matter. That's it. That's it. You know, so no, I'm, I'm not really concerned by any means. I think you let him fall into a groove. And let him do his thing. You know, Larry Garcia is hot as hell right now. And you guys made fun of me so many times for picking him as a pick to click early in the season. It it just goes to show that that's the way this game goes. You know, I said it before. He's going to get hot. I I said it about Larry when I picked him. He gets hot like this throughout the season. Vaughn, same deal. He's going to get cold like this throughout the season. I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. I think... You know, he he could pull a Scotty Pods on us and be ice freaking cold leading into the playoffs and then just tear it up as soon as the playoffs come. Hey, adrenaline does a lot of things to a person. So And there are two young exciting. guys. There are two young guys that I see if the Sox make a deep postseason run. Like who are the rookies that stepped up? I like Andrew Vaughn as a candidate to be one yeah. of those guys. And then I think of someone like Gavin Sheets. You know, yeah. Gav Gav has the power, and if he gets a pinch he hit does. situation in a tenth inning in the postseason, and he hits one to Pluto, to Pluto wouldn't surprise me. I like how you knew that was coming. The the Vinny verbiage. <laughs> eh, I know. I like. I'm often it. I'm often told that I have phrases that I say a bunch, and often get made so fun, fun of them. Like I say, "Oh boy," a lot. Apparently, I say a hundred percent a lot. 
So I say absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think I think every podcaster on planet Earth thinks that uh they say absolutely a lot. <laughs> or or I couldn't agree more, even though you completely disagree. Um, you know That's one right. thing one thing none of us will ever agree on or disagree on I should say rather there's nothing in baseball like watching that little white thing fly into the air knowing it's just going to go over that fence into a big sea of people and we could yell at the top of our lungs put it on the board way back he looks up you can put it on the board Yes, we talk about the players that we had that had a great week that blew up the scoreboard. And a, a Vincent's poking fun of us in the chat, by the way. He says, we all say, my guy. My guy. He goes, the rest of the guys in the show, every Sox player is your guy. You know how it is, Vincent. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. You'll realize all of these guys are my guys. I love every single – you put on that uniform, you're my guy. Except for Adam LaRoche. Screw that guy. <laughs> yeah, Drake. We see you, Drake. Not not the rapper Drake, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Drake, Drake's got to be, what, 20 now? I wonder if he's old enough to have a beer. Maybe we'll come on the podcast. Probably not. <laughs> we'll that might be happens. the actual last person on the planet to come on this podcast. I'm busy that day. He's like, he's like, uh, well, he wouldn't come on the show anyway, let's be honest. But anyway, let's talk I'll about bring my the guys kids on that... the show that day. There you go. Let's bring your kid to work, bring your kid to work today. Um, Jimmy Rollins and company. Um, <laughs> anyway, there are some good big performances this week from this team. I mean, you could name a bunch of guys. A lot of them were pitchers, but you know, I'm going to go first because I'm feeling greedy. I'm loving what I'm seeing from Liam Hendricks right now. Yeah. This guy is a man on fire. He 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 got he helped clinch the division. And he's got a zero ERA. He's striking guys out left and right. I mean, this guy, he is just all over the place. He's just kicking ass and taking names. Let me pull up his exact stats on the week. Uh, he threw for five innings, only gave up three hits, no runs. And how many strikeouts? Five? No. Uh, he had great. Of a course, lot. It's not right in front of him. A lot of strikeouts. Where is it? Uh He's up to 107 strikeouts on the season. And he only has like eight walks. I think it's four walks. I'm not sure. It's something it ridiculous. It's not a lot. Yeah. Let's see. And he, seven, like, seven walks on the season. He's also just like a freak, which is exactly what you want in a closer. Like, yeah, he's I think a beast. Some of the best closers of all time. Mo is obviously the GOAT, Mariano Rivera. That's the yeah. greatest closer sure. who ever lived. But he was like quiet and like walked to the mound while enter Sandman was playing. And you just feared him more like, because it was like the fear of the unknown. And then Craig Kimbrell came along and he gave similar vibes when he was with Atlanta and Boston. And then mm -hmm. the two Chicago teams. Now, now this guy, Liam Hendricks comes out of nowhere and he's walking pre-workout. I say it a thousand times. He's unbelievable. So I like your pick. He reminds me of Ricky Vaughn. From major league like but if like personified man he has that it factor i wouldn't be the least bit surprised if he comes into the postseason with a wild thing haircut man <laughs> like the, the ponytail, ponytail game. game 
Yeah, there you go. That's right. Yeah, yeah and then I'm pulling up Liam Hendricks. He he's had uh, this last week in terms of strikeouts: two, three, four, five, six, seven strikeouts in the last week. I mean, the guy's just a man on a mission, well, and I love it. And how's this? When they acquired Craig Kimbrell, I made a lot of noise about the amount of home runs that he allowed. He had allowed eight to that point in the year, and that was end of July. Yeah, the trade deadline so, was July 29th. He's allowed three more home runs since then. But considering the rate that he was at before then and the rate that he's giving them up now, like, yeah, it always sucks when your closer gives up a home run. This is the second highest amount of home runs he's ever given up in a season. Well, um, and look at this. Look, but look, that's th- think- like, it's fine. But It's fine. Yeah. I just, I just want to say, think of all the home runs he's given up in your head, okay? Right. You know what this man's whip is on the season? Not much. It's 0.75. You take away those home runs, you know what it probably is? It's probably like 0.3. How many of them were in April or May, too, when he had April arm? And it That's just true. Made, just and and a good chunk react. of them were. And he made people overreact because the sample size was so small. Well, here let's let's take a look at his uh, at his game log. And he was a freakazoid last year too. The unsustainable. He gave up like one home run all last season, and it was oh yeah, Robert in the playoffs. And he had like a point six whip last year, like that. He he was just unreal last year. I totally get that. Grandal hit a bomb off of him last year in the playoffs. And that was like the only home run he had given up all last season. So people were like, yeah. he went the entire 2020 season without giving up a home run. He's already given up five with us. Well, they played 60 games in 2020. And like it was August and September when everyone feels good. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I, I, my picks. Go ahead. Yeah. Hendricks did give up four of those home runs in April. He gave up zero home runs to follow that up in May. Two in June. Two in July. Three in August. And how's this one? None in September. In September, he has lowered his ERA from 305 to 265. Uh, where's that whip I just had? I lost it. But regardless, his numbers are trending significantly downward, except for his strikeouts, in which he has struck out at least one batter in all but one appearance in the month of September. And he has had... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten appearances in September. And, and I kind of like that. The Angels just struck up. out the side. Yep. Exactly. And teams, teams are just straight up scared of this guy. Like, like I said, I don't hold Detroit accountable for anything they did today. Like, like I said, wrong place, wrong time. But I love when guys stick up for their teammates, right or wrong. When he struck out Goodrum for the last out of the game, so fitting. He looked yeah. right in Detroit's bench and yelled F you at the top of his lungs. That's exactly something I, I love to see it from this guy. Yep. Don't mess with the White Sox or Liam Hendricks will kill you. That's hey, awesome. Here's a fun one. You know the last time Liam Hendricks allowed a run? Um, It was Anyways, not in September. It, was it against the Cubs? It was, no, it was before that. Okay. Okay. Wow. It it was August 24th against Toronto. He has not allowed a run in over a month. And that is a dozen appearances since he's allowed that run in that time period. He's struck out 
13. Wait, sorry. I, my math is definitely wrong. A lot. This is not a math. 16. Podcast. He's, he's struck out 16 batters in that amount of time, 16 batters and a dozen appearances. And he only goes an inning at a time. I mean, think about it that way too. Like the guy has just been locked down in the last month. I love the pick Joe. The longer I look Thank at these you. numbers, like the more I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah, this guy's our closer, no doubt about it. And I realize we've talked about my pick for like 20 minutes, but but I'll it's go, Liam Hendricks. It I want to talk about Liam Hendricks forever, especially considering like some of the bad press I've given him over the last uh, couple. Well, I mean, I haven't spoken about him much, but like I, I want to come back down off of my hill. I'm not going to die on that hill anymore. I'm going to come back down. I'm going to tell you guys, look, I was wrong. Okay, and I was absolutely nuts to consider that maybe maybe Craig Kimbrell should be the closer when we just needed to give Kimbrell some time to fall into place. Like Hendricks is the dude. He he not only was given that closing spot by seniority, but he has by far earned and deserved it. Absolutely. And let's talk about some other guys that lit it up this week. Vinny, who's your pick for put it on the board player of the week? Okay, my guy feeds right off yours because if the White Sox bullpen is used by design, you would go starter, Kopech, Kimbrel, Hendricks. Okay, cool. Aaron Bummer would be the best reliever on most teams. He He's could be awesome. a closer. He could be a setup man. Struggled to start this season. Why? Bad yep. luck. Sinker ballers give up choppers every now and again. If you hit a chopper to Danny Mendick and he commits an error because of it, you almost tip your cap like that happens. But if you can figure out a way to get those choppers just down a little bit, Aaron Bummer has the fact that he's part of the White Sox B team in terms of the bullpen <laughs> is absolutely banana lands. It's banana lands. He was their second best reliever on the team last year. Now he's their fourth best reliever because Michael Kopech and Craig Kimball are sweet. Okay. So Bummer this week, he's been incredible. When he comes in, you should be as happy as any White Sox reliever coming in. And there's just no reason to think that they can't win when he is part of the plan. And he's going to be here for a long time. And you see on the screen that in 3.1 innings pitch this weekend, he has not given up a run on three strikeouts, the one walk. I even think he could do better than that. And that's that's disgusting to say. Aaron Bummer has right? nasty, nasty stuff. His slider was a little strange today. He didn't have it quite the way he did in other games that you would see, but his sinker ball, man, when he throws it and everything's working well, Aaron Bummer is awesome. He kind of reminds me of if Chris Sale was a reliever. Yeah. Kind of mean looking. He kind of looks like he just wants to throw <laughs> it at you every time, and that's just so intimidating. The pitching style is very different. Chris Sale's more slider and sidearm 100-mile-an-hour heat, but – I don't know, man. Aaron Bummer's awesome. And if he's coming into a playoff game that the White Sox have a small lead in, I'm comfortable with it. I like it, man. I love I love the Aaron Bummer pick. The kids, kids, kids a good one, and he's exciting to watch. Zim, what do you got for your putter up? They have him for quite a while, absolutely. Zim, who's your pick to click or now your pick to click? Your uh put on the board player of the week. Uh I, I gotta give Dallas Keichel some props here. So we're going pitchers across the board this week, but Keiko uh, did something that he hasn't been doing very well, and that was working out of some tough situations. He uh, he finally came through, and you know 
he's he's definitely still allowing hits at kind of an alarming rate but at this point he's working out of his situations he's he's getting those outs that he needs he's keeping the ball down when he wants it down um he has you know slowly been working down that inflated era that he gave himself you know it's almost yep. back down under 5 which uh, <laughs> is kind of sad to say but um you know he's he's getting there he's doing what he needs to do to earn this team's trust to making this playoff roster um obviously i think if he is in the playoff roster he's got to be out of the bullpen but i mean totally uh the 20 let's see two starts ago against the tigers he let up 11 hits and that's like a lot of hits, especially when you consider he only pitched five innings, but he only gave up two earned runs. And those are the only two runs he gave up. There were no unearned runs, just two runs. That's For, kind of the name I, of Dallas Keuchel's game. He's going to give up hits. He's a soft tossing contact pitcher. That's it. He's, he's not the guy that he used to be. And I think he's starting to understand that. And he's going to have to switch to more of that Greg Maddox uh, or for a more recent, um, for a more recent one, uh, who's the guy in uh, St. Louis? Wainwright. Uh, Wainwright. Wainwright. Thank you. I kept wanting to say Carpenter, and I'm like, no, he's been gone for years. Uh, There's Wainwright. Kyle Hendrick too, who's much better, but it's same same style. Yes, yes, yes. Where you got to kind of start to adapt in that older age. Just admit that, like, all right, my arm is not going to do that anymore. I've got to just start being pinpoint accurate and knowing exactly what I want to do with this, and it seems like he's starting to kind of accept that. I, I don't think it was that he didn't know that or wasn't trying to do that. I think it's that he was fighting it a little bit, that he was still trying to be the guy that he was, you know, when he was a World Series champion with the Astros. He's just not that guy anymore. And and like I said, it's starting to show that he's accepting it and learning to work within his constraints. And he's not getting in his own head as much. It almost feels like the last couple of uh last couple of starts it feels like instead of giving up the hit and going ah oh, man i shouldn't it's all right let's get the next guy out you know and and that's the mentality you have to have um so at least that's what i've seen it seems like it's translating if that is what's happening if not you know hey whatever he's doing it's working for him keep it up <laughs> so all right we've all talked about our put it on the board players but now it's time to talk about our picks to click. So, yeah, yeah, I know Zim's Zim's kind of fired up about this one. We'll talk. I know oh, absolutely. Gonzo's not here to not here to defend his pick, but I, I'll concede it Travis. because Gonzo's not here to defend himself, and you already predetermined that he won off of I don't know freaking what, but a text from Gonzo saying that he won. I mean, that's what <laughs> I'm assuming. There's probably uh, some sort of uh, monetary exchange going on here in order to try to fend me so. off from taking this. Uh, Joe, but, Joe can't yes. win. Joe can't win. We got to lay off Joe a little bit. <laughs> All I'm saying is, is even if now we come winning. to an agreement that Gonzo did not win, and I'm not saying he didn't, I'm just saying if we were to come to that agreement, I will still concede and allow him to continue with his pick and not have to change that because, you know, he's already got it locked in and I've got reasons for picking somebody else finally. So there you go. It's all right. And Travis says real quick, I want to address this. What's up fellas. I hope Joe's not mad at me. LOL. Let's hope the Sox can win and keep our minds off the bears. 
Yes, of course. We could never be mad at you, Travis. We appreciate you tuning in every week. Oh, we could absolutely be mad at you, but it would take a lot more. Yeah, don't piss me off. It's impossible to be mad at me, let's be honest. <laughs> Depends who you ask, I guess, but that's okay. Um, but let's keep things chugging along. Uh, speaking of pick the click, my pick last week was Adam Ingle, who had a whole nine at-bats this week. But he did Woo! go three for nine. Went three for nine, three thirty-three hmm. with zero ribbies and zero runs scored. But so that's a really good batting well. average. So by your logic, he should probably win you pick the click. There's some more. There's some more to it than that, Zim. But I do appreciate <laughs> your your in-depth research. Um, we'll go with Vinny next. He had Yoan Mankata, a great weekend himself. Uh, six for twenty-one, two eighty-six. A strange, weird zero RBI week for Yoan. But two runs scored and four walks. He uh, he was at the top of the lineup a lot this week, so it's understandable. Yeah, that's fair. Then Luis Robert went six for twenty for three hundred, batting three hundred, six ribbies, two homers, two runs, and a walk. So solid three hundred week, two homers, a lot of RBI. And then Gonzo's pick was Yasmani Grandal, who went seven for twenty, batting three fifty with two ribbies. Three runs scored and seven walks. That's right, seven walks cool. this week. That's that's unbelievable. So I chose out of that the winner to be Yasmani Grandal because Luis Robert has won three weeks in a row for whoever chose him. And on top of it, you could argue both of those guys were equally meaningful. But I want to ask you, chat room, who wins here? Is it Gonzo? Or is it Zim? With Gonzo took Grandal, Zim took Robert. Robert had more RBI, but uh, Grandal got on base a lot more. Can I throw a positive spin zone out there? Yeah. Is yes. That, is, that, is that a yes? Yes. At least we're at the point of the White Sox rebuild, where all four of us pick a guy, and I'm looking. Oh. They all have a batting average above 280. They all have many hits per at bat obviously that means a good batting average they're all walking at a decent clip robert's not much of a walker he he swings a lot he's a swinger yeah he'll he'll strike out more than the rest but he'll also walk a little less but he'll also hit a little more so but you know it's not like we're all picking like five or six guys and we just hope one of them sucks a little less like <laughs> right right that, it's like the they all have a legitimate being, shot yeah and that's the nice thing about being a white Sox fan in 2021 it's not like mm-hmm. we're all pick, we're not all picking uh we're not picking yomer sanchez um who matt davidson uh, Mel- melky cabrera and matt davidson and just hoping one of them hits a home run this week like that's just not how it works anymore we're all picking guys with like 300 ish batting averages. So, yeah, it's fun. Like this segment, it went from like, Oh, somebody's just going to pick Jose Abreu every week and wreck the rest of us to yeah. being like, this is actually a lot of fun because it creates this debate where like, well, what is more valuable in this situation? You know? Yeah. Yasmani had more hits and more walks. He was on base a crap load this week. Every time you turned on the socks on offense, Yaz was on base. Okay. But like, on, on the opposite argument here, like Luis Robert had six RBIs. Like that's not mm-hmm. something to discount. He put a lot of players across the plate and scored two runs himself. Oh, and both of those runs that he scored came on long balls. So like 
it's a legitimate argument, I think. Okay, and- that's that that's fair. You know what? I I think I've been swayed to the Luis Robert argument. Uh even I, Gonzo I will, I will say, in the chat I will room say- says not me. That's bogus. <laughs> I will say if it comes down to a tiebreaker, you know, say that each of these things are just as valuable. I and I know I went off about this already, so I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but look at the defensive stats. Okay. Defensively, Yasmani Grandal did not have a very good week. That's fair. Whereas Luis Robert made eight putouts on eight potential uh, on eight opportunities. You have a very compelling argument, and 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 you have swayed me. So I will give you your eighth win of the season on yes. 27 tries. Um, I do want to point out that you know Gonzo is the one in the chat that said that he didn't win, and and that's. You know, that's that's very commendable. I do always bag Grandal. I, I'm not even gonna deny that. And you know, maybe it's because I grew up watching like Pudge and Mike Piazza and and AJ Pierzynski. Like I grew up watching some really great catchers, and that's the position that I played. So like it's a position I pay particular attention to. So when somebody's not good defensively. It bothers me a lot, especially at a position that's, that's involved fair. on every single pitch. I got you, dude. That's all good with me. So uh, with that said, Gonzo did give me his pick to click earlier, and I believe you said you're going to pick someone different this week, Zim. Yes, yes. So just to put it out there, Zim picks uh, – or sorry, Gonzo picks Luis Robert this week, and I'm totally yes. okay with it. Uh, I have right. ridden the hot hand long enough. I've, I think I've picked him five straight weeks and it's led me to four wins in those five weeks. So I'm That's ecstatic right. about that, but I think he's starting to cool off. I think he's starting to cool off a little bit. Uh, that much shows in the fact that he had an offer yesterday. And on top of it, he hasn't had a multi-hit game in about six or seven games. So yeah, uh, I, I, I haven't put too much thought into who I'm going to pick instead of him. I've just decided not to pick him. Um, so who would you like, sir? So I can have anybody I want, huh? Anybody besides Luis Robert. <laughs> well, see, now I now I have to ask myself the question of whether or not I think Liam Hendricks is going to get a lot of time this week, especially considering uh, how I like Andy Kalish's point there. Eloy picked the click for the week 100%. I do like that. I am uh, tempted to go with that, but... I will say that Hendricks has been on fire lately. Like, like we were talking in that last segment, the longer I look at his numbers, the more excited I get about that guy. And it's just going to be a matter of how much, how many opportunities do I think he's going to get this week, especially with the end of the season being so close. And he's definitely not pitching two days in a row from here on out. And and Zim, let me, let me remind you who we're playing. We're playing the reds and the tigers again. Yes. Yeah, and unless we're blowing more six-run leads, <laughs> he'll probably not. yeah he'll probably be left in the bullpen. You know, after he shows up halfway through the fifth inning. <laughs> so, yeah, I I do think I like Eloy. Uh, oh, okay. I think I think that's gonna bite me. Just because it seems like every time one of us picks Eloy, he duds out that week. <laughs> But uh, but he has okay been heating up lately. Uh, he he's hit. I know he hit a bomb today. Uh, I feel like he's hit more than that in the past week or so. He had a um, bomb today, and he had like a sweet 
single that turned into a double because of a bad read by the that's left right fielder. that really bad it, it wasn't a bad run. read it it hit the edge of the grass right where the dirt is and mm-hmm. that'll just do wacky things with the bounce of the ball yeah. the guy just lost it and the white Sox got two out of it i believe abreu and moncada scored yeah yeah so so yeah i go with eloy he's uh he's seeing the ball well and hopefully he's getting hot at the right time of year i love it man great pick Vinny. who you who you going with for your pick to click you know i'm gonna go outside the box here I joined the show late and I have no chance of winning and I was behind the eight ball from the start. So why not have a little fun with the last pick of the regular season here? I think I'm going to take a pitcher. All right. Most people don't take pitchers because they only go once, but I am looking for Lucas Giolito to have an incredible start on Saturday. And I believe that that will line him up to be either the game one or game two starter. If he pitches on Saturday, they play Sunday, they start the playoffs. When is that the fifth? So that would be. The Sox first game will be on the seventh, which is yeah. uh, next okay. Thursday. Yeah. That's plenty of time for Giolito or Lynn. They go Friday and Saturday respectively. Um, One of them will be the game one starter. The other will be game two. In my opinion, I would go Giolito one, but we'll see how this last start of the season goes. Um, yeah, it'll be Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday for the games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Giolito's probably going to start for the White Sox on Saturday against Detroit. He's my pick to click because he is awesome. Lucas Giolito, it is, man. I love it. Got some, got some cojones. I, I like it That's a lot. That's my guy. You talk about my guy. I see it in the chat a lot. Everyone's That's my, my guy. guy. Lucas Giolito's actually my guy. He's got the Italian in him. He's just kind of a sweet strikeout, hard-throwing pitcher. He came over from the Nationals. Been on Giolito since he came over. I have a little extra rooting interest in that guy. So go Giolito. I love it, man. My I ace. feel good about that. My ace. Your ace in the hole. I like it a lot. You know, I... I I feel weird making this pick when there are so many options on the table, but uh, you know, I'm going to go with a guy who I think is going to get a lot of playing time this week. Uh, A guy that, you know, might be filling in for other guys that are getting rest for the playoffs. I'm going to go with Larry Garcia this week, guys. I think he's going to continue to stay hot going into the playoffs. I think you're going to see Timmy sit. You're going to see, you know, maybe Eloy sit a day. You'll see, you know, Larry, kind of move all over the place and fill in. Maybe Cesar Hernandez gets a day off and move over to second. Uh, I'm, I don't know why. I just feel like Larry Garcia is going to continue uh, raking this week against these less than stellar baseball teams. Although, as we I, agree, the Detroit Tigers are an up-and-coming team for the future, but uh, I still think it's going to be a good week for Larry Garcia. I was tempted to pick Larry again, to stick to my guns from earlier in the season and say, you know what, I picked him once, I'll pick him again. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Travis says if the Sox play Houston, I'll be there. Yes, they will likely open open there next Thursday. So oh, they're, this they're Thursday. playing. They're playing Houston. The question just they are they're they're, not where. It's just when, <laughs> when and where. Yep. It'll probably yep. be. I'd be shocked if it's not next Thursday and Friday yep. of not this week, but the following week. Yep. We'll see. I mean, there's still Actually, a chance, but is there any possibility for them not to play Houston? Like any way at no. all? There was until they got 
shellacked this weekend. Okay. Because it was pointed out to me. I can't remember who pointed it out to me. It was someone I work with that Houston is like actually much closer to Tampa than people play off. Like everyone's assuming the White Sox are going to play Tampa. And I'm like, oh, they're only two behind Tampa because they had one like seven of ten. And then the second I wrote the article, I jinxed the crap out of them and they lost four (laughs) right now. So I guess credit to me for jinxing Houston, maybe. Actually, could be. Houston wins out and Tampa Bay loses out. They would finish with the same record. Does anybody know who the tiebreaker would be there? My guess, be Houston Houston in that case? Has, my guess is Houston has the tiebreaker because you never because, saw anything about Tampa clinching the one seed. Right. And they're playing each other this week. So I would think that would give them the edge in the season series in the head to head. So, I, so I, think they're actually, the, I wonder if the magic number for that is one. Yeah, I, I'm mm. thinking there actually is some kind of uh, some kind of scenario in which the White Sox would actually have to play Tampa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the that, magic well, number is one with five games left. Eh. Well, and you know, conversely, it looks like if Houston loses out, and I'm sorry, this is getting a little ahead of ourselves. More into guaranteed, or is that in guaranteed take playoff scenarios? Yes. Yes. Should we? Uh, should I just shut up now and we'll just talk about this later? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we could. We'll definitely get into this stuff in a little bit here in the guaranteed take. There's some nitty gritty to get into until here we're from there. What I'm yeah, there's so. a lot of interesting ways for this to play out, and not a lot of time, but that's okay. Uh, just wanted to point out at the bottom of our screen: these are our picks to click for the week. Larry Garcia for me, Eloy Jimenez for Zim, Gonzo with Luis Robert. And Vinny going ballsy with Lucas Giolito. I love it in every single way. Let's go, Lucas. It's very, very good. Just watch Gio throw like a perfect game and just like feed none me. of our picks matter. Feed me. Partially why I went with a pitcher, just in case some of the hitters like get days off. I hope you realize now after every single out that he makes, I'm going to text you, it's still a perfect game. It's still a perfect game. It's still a perfect game. <laughs> yeah, that You're sounds vaguely, my guy. vaguely familiar. <laughs> but we are going to you know hop into another segment here in just a second in a segment that we like to call white Sox weekly Yeah, so this is the last week of the season for our boys, the regular season, that is. And it's an interesting schedule. Let's talk through it real quick and take a look at what we're going to be dealing with here. I'll blow this up so it's a little bit bigger for everyone to see. Obviously, this game's over. We won today. But let's take a look at the next five. We get two versus the Cincinnati Reds at home here at in Chicago. And we close out the season with three against the Detroit Tigers here at home as well but uh, let's take a look at tomorrow's game another start for Reynaldo Lopez going up against Riley O'Brien who I don't know anything about Uh, clearly this must be his first action in the league because he's got zero ERA and anything like that so um, you know anything about this kid Vinny? So I know that the Reds played a makeup game today against the Pittsburgh Pirates so I'm assuming that that had something to do with it and their schedule being a wonky. 
yeah, based on the zero ERA and zero strikeouts and zero zero record, it looks like this is going to be his first major league action at least this season. So it'll be interesting to see how the White Sox that that could go either way. The kids always come in and either get shellacked or you know they they dominate. And so Reynaldo Lopez getting his last start of this season at least you you, you creep in the back of your head like is this his last White Sox start ever? Because who Could knows be. what the rotation looks like last year. I will say, I'm proud of Reynaldo Lopez. He allowed the White Sox to have a six-man rotation to end this season and make sure that all the guys are fully rested, the ones that have had issues here and there. So it's going to be a good matchup nonetheless. This this Castellanos, he is unbelievable. <laughs> and he just dummies Chicago pitching, not just the White Sox. He comes to this town, and no matter if they're blue or black, he destroys them. Yeah, he, he really does. So we're hoping to contain him this week. Uh, the much-anticipated last start of the season for Carlos Rodon coming up on Wednesday. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, Vinny, but you know there is some concern that Carlos has a bit of a dead arm, and this may, I mean, in a grim kind of way, this might be the last time we see him you know, if he's not well enough to pitch in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, he gets a tough matchup against Sonny Gray, who has, you know, had his up and downs this season, but overall still has some fantastic stuff. I think the ERA is a little misleading. I mean, look at those strikeouts. He's got some some quality pitches in his arsenal still. Uh, he's a guy that has given the White Sox a fit in the past as a part of many different teams, mostly the Oakland A's. But uh, this is going to be a great matchup, you know, <laughs> Gonzo says in the chat we're facing bums all week on the mound. Well, I wouldn't say Sonny Sonny Gray fits the fits the mold as a bum. Sonny's probably the best pitcher we're facing this week, and uh, hopefully we can rough him up a little bit. You know, anything else you want to say, Vinny, about Carlos in this start? Because it's going to tell us a lot about what we need to see. Yeah, he's either going to the injured list or to the playoff roster after this start. So we'll see what happens with that. I hope everything's all right because you look at those numbers and they are enchanted. A 12 and 5 record with a 2.47 ERA and 181 strikeouts. This guy has been magnificent. And I would hate to see a comeback season like that end with a whimper because of the fact that he has dead arm or whatever it is he's dealing with. Sonny Gray is awesome. He has good starts and bad starts. He's probably going to be facing a lackluster White Sox lineup, depending on what they decide to do on Wednesday. If I was Tony LaRussa, if I was going to have a Reds game where I throw out a lackluster lineup, it would be tomorrow. I would try to get Carlos Rodon as much run support as possible so he's feeling good about himself in his last start. So that would be my take on it. But, I mean, it's a quality pitching matchup if Rodon holds up. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be the, the game of the series for sure. So looking forward to that one. But then they leave and the the Lions, the other horrible Detroit team, uh, the Tigers come to town and Lance Lynn getting his last start of the season. Uh, it's TBD for who the starters are for the Tigers at this point. But uh, this, is a, this is a final tune-up before the postseason. Looking forward to see what Big Daddy Lance is going to do. Um, it's just been a magical season from him, from him as well. I know the South side loves him. And for me, he'll be the player to watch in the postseason. So, uh, that's a big tune up game. Looking forward to seeing him there, you know, and, and everything else is kind of TBD to end out the week. You know, I, I imagine, I imagine in here, Vinny, you know, we might see 
Do you think you might see a Mike Kopech start here? I think we could no, see that before. G- Giolito's gonna so. start. Giolito's gonna start Saturday, I think. Okay. And then they confirmed Dylan Cease on Sunday. For Detroit, okay. for Detroit, I don't know for sure. I'm imagining we'll see the starters that went for them this past weekend. So don't be surprised if we see a Casey Mize or a Manning who went today. Um, I'm not sure the Reds actually have a chance. I think the Cardinals are too hot right now. It's probably going to be the Cardinals and the Dodgers. But, you know, the Reds, they're not mathematically eliminated, so they'll play hard. It's Uh going to be a tough week for the White Sox. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's going to be a tough week, and it's going to say a lot about this team in in the postseason. And most of all, let's get to, I think, one more win, and we're at 90 wins, right, boys? And Yes. The betting over was 91 and a half, too. I'd like to see them hit the over on the season in Vegas. I saw it at 90 and a half in a few places. Really? Yeah. Either way, I want to see them go over. I think this is easily a 93-win team. Yeah. I think they can get four wins this week, four out of five this week. I I think they could, too. Uh, I'm just going to do my humble brag. Uh, And during our first show – Guys, I I predicted the White Sox would win 92 games. Uh, that is entirely possible at this point. I just want to point wow. out. Do you yeah, remember was... all of our guesses? Because I know we did I, do I'm that. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, because we had some preseason predictions that I think are uh, I think are pretty close. I feel like I feel like you and Gonzo were both at like 92, and I feel like I guessed a little higher than that. I think I guessed like 96 or somewhere around there, but I'm not sure. It would be I think interesting you went to listen 96. back. Yeah, it's it is, and. Uh, I'll no, go back and find an article I wrote. I definitely wrote predictions. I just think absolutely. I think uh, I think I was high. I think I said like 97, 98. Now, if they had Grandal, Jimenez, and Robert all season long, they probably would have won one hundred and five. Oh, well, easily. I yeah. it, uh, in the first in our first episode, Vinny, I picked Luis Robert to be the American League MVP, and he easily could have been if he was healthy. If he was all healthy year. all season, oh yeah. yeah. Shohei oh, yeah. he, 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 makes it tough. I mean, that's Shohei it. probably Ota- still would have won it, but Otani's doing something that you just you can't ignore because it's otherworldly. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, I I would love to see Vladdy Jr. edge him out. But mm-hmm. I mean, if I remember correctly, did uh did Miguel Cabrera win the MVP the year that he won the triple crown? Yeah, and the yeah. year after. If I remember right, there were some other very strong contenders, and it kind of felt like the only way he got it was because he won the triple crown. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting conundrum, uh, but I think we all feel like it probably go to Otani, but who knows? But uh, before we move on, I I, I want to address Travis's comment below because it makes my heart melt. Uh, guys, I can't believe we've been through a whole season already together. I really love the show, and don't know what my Monday nights would look like without it. I hope you're back next season. Travis, you can bet your bottom dollar we'll be back next season and during the offseason for key moments, acquisitions. That's uh, hopefully right. we're here live reacting to a World Series win. That's my and dream here. Now that Joe has brought it up, I feel like there might be an offseason production of Annie in the cards. So, you know, you'll just have to stick around and find out. Is it because I said bet your bottom dollar? That's right. It's absolutely because you said that. Tomorrow, tomorrow. I love you tomorrow. It's only All right. a day away. I know in real life, Joe's more similar to uh, Daddy Warbucks, but it, it seems like after that audition, he's going to be Annie. That Now, that would be the most screwed up thing I've ever seen. <laughs> 
Oh, look at this. Yeah, and, and, and Gonzo. And then Travis said, of course, let's hope so. And Gonzo might be another baby on the show next season. That is that is also very true. My wife is due in January, so that's coming up very soon. And then our buddy Travis says, you know what? He's been here since day one. That's true, Travis. That's right. We do appreciate it that you've been with us for the whole ride. Uh, the, the support means the world to us, man. And, you know, hopefully we can get a World Series victory together. And maybe we'll bring you on the show to celebrate. How about that? That'll be fun. But getting back on track here, I can't remember where we were. We went through the White Sox Weekly. Um, and I think we're actually getting towards the segment that we were teasing before. A segment that we like to call, as I queue up the video, the guaranteed pick. Yeah, guys, so we're going to talk about those playoff scenarios and what can happen, which there's a lot of things that can happen before yes. we get to the playoffs. But I do have a little graphic here of the current playoff picture, what it looks like, and we can briefly talk through this. But let's take a look at this, gents. This is where we land right now. Of course, Tampa Bay has got that one seed in the American League. Houston at the moment, number two. We are three. And then the Yankees and Red Sox would play that wild card game, which is crazy to think you'd have two 90 win teams playing each mm-hmm. other to make the playoffs. That's just crazy. But, you know, that it is what AL it is. AL East is tough. Yeah, it's the best division in baseball by far. So, you know, I don't, I, I'm happy that one of them will not move on to the second round. Let's be honest. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, on the National League, it's a little bit fuzzy, but the Cardinals have fought their way into uh, likely having that five seed in that wild card game against the Dodgers. Unbelievable month for them. And San Francisco, of course, looking wild. Uh, they're the number one seed against. And then, of course, the, the Brewers won the, the NL Central and then the Braves, the NL East. So this is kind of how it stacks up, guys. You know, Vinny, what are your takeaways looking at the current postseason picture? And do you think it stays exactly as it is? I think the National League stays exactly as it is. The Cardinals have a five and a half game lead on the second wild card spot. It's over. The Padres are mathematically eliminated. Philly's not going to catch them. And I don't think the Cincinnati Reds are going to catch them, especially since I think the White Sox take at least one of those two games from them. So they could be the ones who mathematically put the Cardinals in the playoffs, which would be kind of funny. I think every single one of those teams on the American League side can beat the White Sox. I also think every single one of those teams on the American League side can lose to the White Sox. I think it is dead even. If the White Sox win the World Series, I would be 0% surprised. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. If they lost in the first round, I would also be 0% surprised. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. On the National League, the team that reminds me the most of the White Sox is the Brew Crew. They rely on a lot of great pitching, complemented by a very good and deep uh, batting order. And if they could get someone like Christian Yelich cooking the way we know he can cook, I think they're very dangerous. And if the Cardinals play the Dodgers in the one-game wild card, and they were like plus 200, I'd lay a bit of money on the Cardinals. I would. I'm looking forward to potentially betting the Cardinals in the wild card game. 
Um, on the American League side of things, other than my thoughts on the White Sox, which I already gave, I hope the Yankees play the Red Sox. Feed me the rivalry for a one-game elimination. Garrett Cole versus Chris, Chris Sale. And, you know, if things go wrong for Sale, they can use Eovaldi. You know, they, they have they have some deep stuff there. Both batting lineups are awesome. Giancarlo Stanton turns into God when he plays against the Red Sox. So feed me that the the three division winners are pretty chalk they have been chalk since mid-august um there are some strange scenarios for ties in the american league though so and i see the comment from vincent in the chat about kershaw pitching in the wild card game kershaw might be their number four so i really don't see him going in the in the wild yeah scherzer's scherzer's got to be their one right either scherzer Scherzer or bueller bueller yeah I mean, they could go with It's Holden. unreal, yeah. And Urias has low-key been better than Kershaw by a lot. Oh, absolutely. I, I think so, anybody who actively watches Kershaw. the Dodgers would say that. Yeah, I mean, I watch – I don't know about you guys. I watch the Dodgers a lot because they're always, like, one of those teams that I'm, are on by the time the White Sox are over. I'm in so. Colorado, so, like, I'm conditioned not to like the Brewers. <laughs> or the Brewers, the Dodgers. The Dodgers, yeah. Yeah, sure. I am very conditioned not to, like – you know, a, a lot of these uh, West Western National League teams. Yeah, for sure. So it's going to be fun to watch, though, because if Lester and Wainwright are like a duo in the wild card against a Bueller and a, a Kershaw, or a Bueller and a Scherzer, I mean, who knows what could happen? It's going to be fun to watch. But in the American League with the tie-breaking scenarios, like if the Yankees have to play the Red Sox and then the loser go have to play the Blue Jays, it's like – I, I just think insane. It's really so that cool. would, I feel like if that situation actually played out, you know, those three teams all have to play kind of a round robin to get into the playoffs. I feel like whoever comes out the winner is not a winner at all in that situation. Congratulations, you made the playoffs. Uh, here's Tampa Bay. Yeah, who's <laughs> rested and ready to go now? Exactly. The A's have a three nothing lead on Seattle. Those two teams are still in it too. We keep going back to the yes. AL. If the A's sweep their way through the rest of these five games. They can find themselves in, or if Seattle figures out a way to come back and win. Yes. Well, so here's the American League. Here's your thing. So in the American League, five different teams have a legitimate shot at the wild card still. This yeah. late in the year, with five to six games to go for all of these teams. And yeah. the only one that's cooling off even a little bit is Toronto. And that's saying something because Toronto, if anybody's been paying attention, is not cold at all by any means. They've won, they've won their last two, you know. Um, but looking at this, let's see, Oakland is three games back. Seattle is two games back. Toronto is one game back. This is going to be a tight, fun race to the end of the year. And it's very possible. You know, I know you say feed me the rivalry all day. No. No, I'm sorry, I can't. I would love to see like Oakland and Seattle or Oakland and Toronto end up as the two wild card teams. That would be simply really cool. because that would be cool. I, I absolutely hate this this free agency uh capless era of baseball that we're in where it just, you know, last year was a great example of just whoever spends the most money wins the World Series. 
You know, it. I said long ago on this podcast that Moneyball was one of my favorite sports movies of all time. And I think that that kind of drives some of the mentality of this, that I just I hate these teams that think they can just go out and sign eight players to two hundred million dollar contracts and they're going to win a World Series because of it. I would absolutely love to see the Dodgers get blown the hell out in a wild card awesome. game, like eleven to two, <laughs> like not even close. Just like, well, the, Card- the Cardinals are the team to do it, man. They really exactly, are. exactly. And, and same goes for the Yankees and the Red Sox. You know, I would absolutely love to see those guys. I mean, I mean, look at it this way. You know who Toronto's key addition was this offseason? Robbie Ray. They spent $8 million on him on a one-year contract. You know what he's doing right now? Probably winning the Cy Young. I mean, it's just nuts. No big deal. Right. It, it's it's great stories when you hear about these teams that that find the diamond in the rough or or like the White Sox. They've been part of this rebuild since 2012, basically. You know, they, they've been they've been building this core of players. Uh, Toronto's a very similar team in that way. Um, looking at the rest of these guys, you know, Seattle, I, I don't know that I could honestly name you one player on the Seattle Mariners. I would love to see them in the playoffs. Absolutely love to see that. Uh, and Oakland, I mean, Oakland's one of those restless teams that just, they come around every few years. So yeah, yeah, I just, I want to see more excitement to me, Yankees, Red Sox. If you're a fan of those two teams, I get the rivalry. You know, we, we understand it rooting for Chicago sports teams with the bears and the, uh, Packers or the Blackhawks and the blues, or, you know, the North side, the Cubs and the cards. You know, we don't really have one of those on the south side. Um, I mean, mostly because our team's never competitive when the other teams are and vice versa. So uh, I don't really care about the rivalry. To me, it's it's I mean, I I personally I blame ESPN for it. (laughs) If I didn't have to watch Red Sox Yankees eight times a year every year, I'd probably care about it a little bit more. But that's that's true to a certain extent. I would agree with that. And but let's let's real quick take a look at the schedule for the playoffs, guys. So you know, coming up quick, those wild card games coming up the AL wild card game on the fifth and the NL on the sixth, and then ALDS NLCS starting the seventh to the fourteenth. Hopefully the ALCS starting October fifteenth, and then last week of October is the peak of the mountain, the World Series, and we're sure hoping that we are going to be in it. Just be fully prepared for the White Sox to have an MLB Network Tuesday afternoon playoff game. We are uh, not the most popular team out there in these playoffs, so I would fully expect to kind of get shafted on some of the uh, time slots. There's a chance the White Sox are the most popular team in the American League, though. If There's a chance. If the Red Sox or Yankees are not, playing the Rays, I would say the White Sox are the most popular of the four. Yeah, we, I mean, we're a big market team. I don't see any way that we get any afternoon playoff games. I, got, I feel like last year, but it was in Oakland. I feel like Houston will get the airplay over us because of the controversy surrounding them. Yeah, they'll enough. get a lot of views because of um, but I mean, that's also assuming that we don't end up playing Houston. If it's Houston, Chicago. Yeah. Absolutely. Prime time. And you bet your butt between innings, they're going to be playing so many highlights from the 05 World Series. 
Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> think about that. I There's didn't even think a, about that. Oh, the that's, that's going to be everywhere if they play was, each other. Yep. <laughs> the last time the White Sox won a playoff series was against the Astros. Yep. And it yeah. was for their last, you know, their first championship in a hundred or just under 188 years. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I fully expect that to be super high ratings if that's the matchup that occurs. But again, these teams are all so close to each other that let's see Houston. So Oakland uh, is one game away from uh, elimination as far as the um, division goes and Seattle is two games away. So, yeah, it would take somewhat of a miracle to get to that point, but it's not impossible. Yeah. Do you guys like the idea of the entire country rooting for the White Sox? Because I think that would be the case in every matchup, the court of public opinion, because I don't think there's always bias against the team that won the pennant the year before. That's Tampa. And there's always going to be bias against the Astros as long as the Altuve's, yeah. the Correa's, and the Bregman's are all there. I yeah. like the idea, uh, but it kind of feels like the whole world found out about my dirty little secret, you know? So it's like, it's, it's like dirty. this was it's dirty, all right. Well, I mean, it, it kind of is, though. It's like, it's like we've been watching this for years. You know, we we went through the suffering. We went through watching Adam LaRoche, you know, play uh. first base thinking he was going to be one of the cornerstones of this franchise for a couple of years. We legitimately were sold that for two to three years, two years, two years before he essentially got booted off the team. But we were sold that we were sold that Yolmer Sanchez could be the future at second base. You know, we suffered through, um, I don't know. I wanted to say Avi Garcia, but he's actually turned out to be a hell of an MLB player. <laughs> and he plays the one position of need for the White Sox. And yeah, it's a whole thing. That's we we don't need to get into that right now. That's a whole thing. But yeah, I mean, through through the injuries, through the <laughs> through the injuries, through the players that we've dealt with, you know, I mean, hell, Gordon Beckham was one of the corners of this franchise for a long time, and now he's announcing the games. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how long we've been dealing with this crap. And now it's kind of paying off, and the rest of the country is like, oh, hey, these guys are pretty good. It's like, yeah, we've been trying to tell you about it for years. We've been trying to tell you that Tim Anderson's the most fun player in baseball. We've been trying to tell you that we have some, you know, for the ladies out there, we have some beautiful, Puerto Rican and Cuban players on our team. <laughs> I mean, I, all I'm saying is every time I turn on the White Sox, uh, my girlfriend is looking for certain players because, <laughs> you know, I guess they're not so bad on the eyes. What can I say? So, yeah, I'm I'm short and stumpy. That's all I got to say about that. But <laughs> I can't blame her. It's just the White Sox do have something for everybody. So I understand. They do. The I understand the appeal, but again, it, it feels like they're, they're taking something that I wanted to keep for myself. And now I have to share it. That's right. And that's how we feel too. But I, I I'm, I'm all for people rooting for them. You know, see, it's Vince, not just me. Yeah. Vincent says his girl's addicted to Moncada. So, I mean, Hey, my, my wife's addicted to me. So, well, lucky you. 
I don't know. I guess I haven't done I haven't done the poll with my wife, but that's all right. <laughs> I like to think that uh, I'd like to win. I win anyway, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. It's fun stuff regardless. We've had a heck of a show. A show that we thought was going to be really short ended up being an hour and 45 plus. But, hey, we're excited for the playoffs. The chat was fired up, and it's been a great night talking baseball. Playoffs are around the corner. Next week, boys, we'll know all the details. We'll know who's playing in what games. Well, at least the wild card games. We'll know who we're playing first round. It's going to be a great week. Our buddy Chris Gonzalez should be back with us next week, knock on wood. Uh, shout out to you, Chris, today. I know you couldn't make it, but you hung out in the chat for the very end of the show, which we do appreciate. But we've reached the shout-out portion of our show before we close the gates and get ready for the playoffs. So, Steven Zim Zimmerman, we'll start off with you. What do you got for shout-outs? Hey, shout-out to Matt Nagy for reminding me I'm an idiot for rooting for that team. Uh, shout-out to... <laughs> Let's uh, not talk about that anymore. Yeah, I know, I know. I had, I had a I real one. You. I had a real one. I swear, I'm I kind of so forgot mad. it. Though. I am. So I thought I'd so forgotten mad. about it. Um, no, just, just shout outs to everybody. If you, if you don't follow uh, my Twitter accounts, check them out. Uh, Raging Sox fan, you can see underneath there. Raging Bear fan for, uh, for some Bears takes. Um, always adorable pictures of my son in his. There's cutest... a real adorable one. Yeah. And his cutest the bears, uh, bears and the white socks, socks. yeah, his bears yeah. and white socks attire. He does rock the Southburbs Hitman gear. So you know, sh- shout out, shout out to uh, my partner, my girlfriend, for giving me the cutest little baby on the planet, and shout out to him for posing and dealing with my uh, with my crap when I want to post his face places. <laughs> That's what I like, man. And hey, you know what? Shout out to shout out to the older one too. You know, Robert is coming of age. He's starting to really enjoy the White Sox. Um, no, 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 my my no, my I, eldest. I know his name is Robert. He roots for Robert, uh, of course. Um, yeah, we just bought him. Uh, we just bought him tickets to his first live concert. So real friends. We will be taking him to see uh, State Champs, Real Friends, Four Years Strong. And a couple other bands that I'm sure everybody in the chat's never heard of. So John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. No, unfortunately, it's it's going to be nice and low key. But I mean, shout out to my local venues for making it possible. I was real worried um, about him being able to attend due to you know local restrictions uh, because of COVID and everything. Um, I reached out to them and they gave me a really quick, speedy answer about how to remedy the situation and and be able to bring him with. Um, so I'm really excited to get to share something I love with uh, someone I love for the first time. Right in the fields, man. I love it. And it's beautiful. Yeah. We, we appreciate you, Zim. And we love that we get some playoffs next week to talk about. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. I can't wait. Vinny Parisi. What do you got for shout outs, my friend? And of course, don't forget to talk about Crosstown, Crosstalk and Bar Down. Shout out to Miles Garrett. <laughs> uh, anyone that makes Matt Nagy look like a stupid moron is a A1 in my book. He could throw his helmet at me any day. Yeah. I wish he'd throw No, not me. At me. I like being conscious. Yeah. So, Miles Garrett, thank you. Anyone who makes Matt Nagy look like a fool, I'm all in. Um, Mom, dad, brother, thank you for everything. Specifically, this upcoming week, we have a big show for Bar Down. It's the last show. No, it's not the last show before the regular season starts, but it's the last show, or it's the first show, I guess, after spring training, or not spring training, 
I'm losing my train of thought here. Preseason started, so that's fully underway. Everyone's ready to go. We're getting into that. And Thursday, Crosstown Crosstalk, we'll, you know, maybe have a guest. I'm working on it. Um, talk baseball some more because I can't go a whole week without talking about it publicly. Um, yeah, that's it for my shout outs. I'm very excited for this week's setup shows. And I hope everyone tunes in because it's going to be going to be pretty hefty with the conversations. I like it, man. That's what I like to hear. You know, I'm looking forward to a great week of shows here on the Barroom Network. Of course, you have Dan and Aldo bear their souls recapping their trip to to Cleveland, which I'm sure that's going to be a an, a fun show. I know with... there's going to be stories I don't want to hear, but I have Same. to listen to anyway. Oh, me too. It's like it's like banging your head against the wall. You just do it for whatever reason and you know you should stop but you just got to keep doing it their stories are like train wrecks you want to turn them off but you're like no i, I gotta find out what happens you here like, yeah you can't and i want mike north to know he still owes me my money mike north where you at mike north what does he owe you money for he doesn't he just he cracks jokes about how like when you ask an italian for the money you just assume that they're right or like you get the bat or something he cracked a joke and it was hilarious <laughs> I'll have to send you guys the clip and he, he's like i'm italian so i could say this stuff <laughs> yeah <sighs> and seriously though chest. dan and aldo is is some can't miss radio for those of you who have not checked out the show yet be warned it is not for small ears not for I would children. Say not even 13 up. Like it is full on 18 up, 21 up, depending on what part of the country or what province you're living in. Just be aware. Be warned yeah, if you've I not listened guest, to it yet. I was a guest on it one time, and I feel like it was the cleanest episode they've ever had because we only talked about like football. <laughs> the first episode I was on with them felt very, very similar. I was giving them my opinions on a, it, was, it was right after the playoff game last year, and I was giving them my opinions on the Nickelodeon broadcast of the Bears game. I'd love to see that again this year. I want to see Squidward, you know, they're doing they it are again. they are doing it again this yeah, year. They are doing it again. The Bears can assure, will assuredly Ingly not inside. be in that game. Yeah, probably. But uh, not. yes, I the second the time are, I hope the Bills are so bad. The second time Mitch. we uh, we went, yeah, Mitch to be two time MVP. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want the Bills to be it so bad. The uh, the second time I went on Dan and Aldo, we uh, we wound up uh, discussing uh, cartoon characters in a uh, less than wholesome way. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh That's all right you know th- well, there I'll are plenty ahead. of other there are plenty of other shows uh other than aldo and dan i just wanted to give that one a shout out that's, because that's it's gonna exactly be where particu- i was about to go it's gonna be a particularly raunchy show this week i just have a feeling yeah, yeah it sure will and you know, of course there's tons of other great shows on the bar network you got the mike north advantage this week as well lots um, of uh bulls content coming up you got bulls 101 you've got bulls gold i believe Salim's new show, Science Fiction, is potentially debuting this week. Keep your eyes on the Bears, the Barroom Network Excellent. feed for that. Uh, of course, you got, I think you got Mikey Betts this week. You got Barfly Tailgate on Sunday, Fantasy Football Goon on Sunday, you name it. There's a ton of stuff coming your way. Make sure you hit that follow button, whether it's on Twitter or over at Barroom Network, South Burb Sitman, any of our personal accounts, Joe Mandel, Vinny Parisi, Raging Sox fan, Raging Bear fan at gonzo cg3 and then of course if you're on youtube please give us a subscribe uh you know you'll get notified when we go live all the different shows you can go join the chat live like you're doing right now so uh, we do appreciate that 
then of course you could head on over to deepdishtees.com slash barroom and that helps support what we do you can go buy a t-shirt south burb sitmen you know uh bar down blackhawks crosstown crosstalk you name it the the the, the url is at the bottom deepdishtees.com slash barroom help support all the great shows and we can keep doing what we get to do every single week and uh whether it's a, a button a sticker a shirt uh, we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts so anything you can do help support us we really appreciate it and in time for my shout outs i'm going to keep it real simple my beautiful wife Catherine, i love you my great dane puppy maverick i love you buddy and our little girl who is on the way a little over six months we love you to pieces can't wait to meet you and like i always do a huge shout out to everybody in the chat love you guys for tuning in and giving us all the support i'll give a quick shout out to snark burley who was going to join us but couldn't make it tonight uh, awesome shirts and quality stuff for Soxtober. Uh, you can check out, you know, some of her stuff as well. Uh, big shout out to her. And then, of course, all my co-hosts here, Vinny, Zim, and Gonzo. I love you guys like brothers. And I can't wait for playoff baseball here on the south side of Chicago. It's pumping through my veins. I'm going to be at the entire first home, well, home series, the home games of the ALDS and hopefully an ALCS and World Series game. God is good. The White Sox are the team in Chicago. For the South Burbs Hitmen, I'm Joe Mandel. That's Vinny Parisi. Steven Zim Zimmerman's below me in the dark, and Chris Gonzalez is somewhere out there in the internet. Uh, He will be back with us most likely next week. But until then, we are the South Burbs Hitmen. Let's go, White Sox. Let's win a playoff series. And let's go 5-0 and to finish the season. How about that? We'll see you guys next week. Go White Sox. 